Hey, how's it going, everybody? It is good to be here with you today on the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison Gilming. I'm sitting down today with Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church, Huntersville specifically, and part of the Lake Forest family of churches. Um, our newest one will be Lake Forest UC, U City, as we're calling it. Uh, good to see you all today. Hello, hello. We are the day after St. Patrick's Day. That's right. That's right. And if if you're uh, if you're new joining us on this podcast, we pretty much exist to kind of uh, we uh, answer some questions from time to time. We take a look at uh, some of what's happening here at Lake Forest Church, some of our strategies of ministry, get to know some of our leaders, learn some interesting stuff, practical things about how to approach uh, Christian life on a day-to-day basis. So uh, whether this is your first time joining us, whether you've been listening for a while, good to be here with you. Yeah, it's an insider podcast for Lake Forest Church Huntersville. Um, the whole world can listen in, but That's we're right. not trying to conquer the world with this podcast. And the main questions we've been receiving lately have had to do with where we've been in our Bible reading. And they were so unanimous in their content, Harrison, that instead of uh, uh, doing it here on the podcast last Sunday, I devoted a large part of the sermon to those main questions, which is, what's up with all these laws and rules and ceremonies in this part of the Old Testament? I thought it was important enough, and it's been an important question throughout Christian history of what is the purpose of the law in the Old Testament. So I really enjoyed, honestly, I enjoyed the research. It was quite a challenge to edit that down to a digestible moment on a Sunday and still be able to get to how does this apply to my life. We did that. Uh, we were we were in our community group this last week, and we were talking about the sermon, and uh, there were a couple kind of quick hit questions that were to get some conversation going, and one of them was, uh, do you think that, we as Christians are still, you know, supposed to obey the Old Testament law. And it was quiet for a second. <laughs> I said something like, well, there there are literally college courses devoted to just that <laughs> one question. So if we want to boil it down in a quick hit answer, yeah. that, that's a, a little tricky. But I thought, you know, you did a, a good job with it. And that's that's a, it's a, a large part of what Jesus talked about was trying to figure out that exact question as well. You're right. I didn't come to abolish the law, but to accomplish it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, for us. So anyway, I enjoyed that because I've gotten the question, we've gotten it so many different ways. I've heard it discussed in my own house. We've discussed it because we've been keeping up with Bible journey and the Bible reading. So, um, that is my joy and my pleasure to get to do that as a, a, a main part of my work and always feel um, a healthy pressure to do it well, yeah. to do it in a way that's helpful to God's people so that that person in your, your community group would be like, oh, yeah, I, I know that. Hmm. There's three parts of Old Testament law. One of them applies to us today. Yeah. Well, well what we wanted to do on the podcast today is unpack a little bit of a, uh, it's kind of like a, foundational underlying philosophy that you may not know that we build Mm -hmm. a lot of what we do on Sunday mornings, a lot of the spiritual practices that we try and bring into the services on this uh, principle and this idea. So that is is actually unwritten. mm -hmm. It's not in our mission, vision and values. And yet 
we refer to it and are uh, driven by it and are planning often. That's a good teaser right there. So with that said, we're going to get to that in just a minute. Before we do, real quick commercial for something that we are very, very excited about that's coming up here in just a couple weeks. It's our uh, Easter stuff happening at Lake Forest, Huntersville. Um, we we just can't not talk about it. We've been talking about it all the time, but we just can't not talk about Easter it. Easter is the pinnacle of the Christian year. Uh, if, if we're keeping Christian time, it's the most important worship service in our faith. Uh, it's the time <laughs> when the people who have pieced out from, uh, you know, I mean, I run into people, some people are honest with me, like in the grocery store, Mike, I just can't, I, we just didn't do the online worship thing. It's good to see you. We're looking mm-hmm. forward to coming back sometime. Yep. Well, you know what? I guarantee you, they will either online worship or be here in person. They'll actually go through the, what it takes to register for Easter. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so with, with that said, we wanted to, we've mentioned this on here. We'll say it one more time. We wanted to create every opportunity for people where, wherever their comfort level is at to at least have the best opportunity. If it's something that you feel uh, capable of comfortable with to be able to join us here uh, in person, there's also online opportunities, but Easter Saturday on the third, we're having a service at five o'clock in our worship center, socially distanced mm-hmm. with childcare down the hall. Uh, and then Sunday morning is the big party on the lawn outside at nine thirty and eleven oh five. That's gonna be a blast. A lot of uh, it has surprised me. We opened registration this week on Tuesday, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, I was surprised that hundreds <laughs> have already registered. I know. So, uh, Harrison, are we willing to open up another Saturday night one or another Sunday one if registrations close out? Yeah, keeping a good eyeball on that. Okay. So, as with as with everything over this last year, uh, stay tuned with us because that could be flexible. And you know, we're hoping for a great, beautiful, dry. Sunny oh Sunday gosh. morning outside would be Lord, wonderful. Please, yep. Lord, please. I'm actually praying for that. Yeah. If that's not the case and we're having a rainy day with big thunderstorms, like it's looking like we're having on the day yeah. we're sitting down to record this podcast, we'll, we'll flex, figure it out. We'll open way more services, do more stuff inside, spread them out, space them out, clean it out, do everything that we can possibly do yeah. to continue to serve folks and get them here. But our plan A is party on the lawn. Yeah. Or, or I guess we could say, hey, Monday is Easter this year. Hey, why Everybody, not? we're not doing anything <laughs> Sunday. Right. Nothing. We're not broadcasting it. And uh-huh. we, <laughs> I don't know. We'll make we'll, we'll make it up when we get there. But, but I'm looking forward to yeah, this. We, the, the Christmas Eve outdoor festival feeling was such a a uh i don't know it was it was such a great vibe that i'm looking forward to it easter morning and there, there's another little uh, another little unwritten thing that i think is interesting mike that goes especially for christmas and easter for us here at lake forest is um those days are important for a lot of reasons they're important to us in our faith they're important Culturally, like you mentioned, there's some folks that just, there's like a wiring in them that they'll be here for Easter. For that reason, these are days that we as our staff team think about more. But I think a a major reason that we do that and we plan them so far ahead, and I want you guys to hear this, is that we 
are so relentlessly dedicated to being the best version of ourselves on those days yeah. for one reason, because we know we've seen over years and years and years that you guys do such a great job of inviting people to come be a part of it with us. And we feel that pressure you mentioned before times 10 to say yes. all the best things that we do. We want to make sure that we're doing them on that day because we know this is like a chance that we have to, to reach out to people that, that may not be back for another year or ever. When, when we say, Hey, Jesus said, go find the lost sheep. Um, make more disciples. Uh, I came to seek and save the lost. Th those who are not at home with God. When we say that and, and translate it into, so so we'd love for you to invite your one more person on Easter or Christmas Eve, those two times especially, mm -hmm. or Hope in a House of Blues. Um, we feel that that's a promise that we make to be at our best. Yep. And then Sometimes uh, Christmas and Easter are also times when we will take more risks. Like we'll do something we wouldn't do on a normal Sunday. We'll be like, well, well, let's do this on Easter. And it might, we might never do it again. Or it could be something that we do all the time. Mm -hmm. But everybody understands this is a, a unique day. So, um, so for example, <laughs> our Christmas Eve tradition of having a character visit us. Chewbacca, mm -hmm. Buddy the Elf, etc., we're like, yeah, we're not doing that every Sunday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's something unique about how what Christmas is, faith-wise, culturally, and how to move the story of the worship service along that, that that works. This would be a very different feeling, church, if our internal pressure was to have a character visit the service <laughs> once once a week. I'm not I'm not sure as many as many folks that like Lake Forest would like it after a couple months of that. Harrison, I know as part of your work, you um, on behalf of all of us, you look at a lot what God is doing in a lot of churches, churches that are like us, churches that are not like us. Mm -hmm. you, you make yourself aware. I, I appreciate this and I respect it, by the way. Um, the best way for a staff person to fail in a proposal to me is for them to make a proposal for something in ministry. And uh, and then I say, okay, that's pretty cool. What are other? What's the Holy Spirit doing through other really interesting churches around the country on this topic and if their answer is i don't know then i'll say well i then i don't know what i think about your proposal uh please go find that out you're really good at that harrison Thanks. um how unique is it that we have a character on christmas eve <laughs> you know i never asked you this you know because i don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know i there are there are some churches that uh there are some churches out there. There's a couple I could I could think of their names off the top of my head that that are very large churches that have a wide reach. That uh, it it is actually part of DNA, especially for kind of that welcoming in people space. The service where that's where some of the crazy okay. zany stuff happens. I saw a church. So there's hum there's oh, humor element. Oh, for sure. I saw I saw a church on a Mother's Day one year. They they rewrote the entire song Bohemian Rhapsody with words celebrating moms. And there were like 10 moms on stage singing <laughs> okay, it. All so right, all right. there's crazy stuff that's that happens good. out there. We're I not could, that weird. If I move to that city, Harrison, when I retire, I want to go to that church. So you be sure and tell me what that church is. I will, I will let you know. Okay. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't care about their theology. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, I do. Hey, let's get to our subject for today. Um, so you, 
you've probably heard me less in recent years and and in pandemic year uh, our focus has been diverted um or, or even scattered frankly not unlike all of us and so you haven't heard it mentioned but every now and then you'll hear this phrase that will come out of my mouth or Harrison's that we consider ours we feel called to be an ancient future church mm-hmm. the that uh, that phrase comes from a, a thinker named Robert Weber uh, a couple of decades ago um, and and it was a recall to modern worshiping churches not unlike ours to hey do you act as though you invented the best version of Christianity 10 years ago <laughs> and Christian history does not exist the history of doctrine of theology of worship and, and do you worship as a church in a way that presumes that only modern methodology is effective in forming disciples through gathered worship? Sort of that, asking that question to which I think the only right answer is, I hope that's not us. Mm-hmm. And so we, over a decade ago, we began paying attention to what does it mean we're very proud of the ways that we are a future-oriented church. And when it comes to modern worship, the, the phrase contemporary worship is what people will say, hey, are you going to that church? Are they traditional or contemporary worship? Um, for us, contemporary worship is a bad word internally, just for me and Harrison. To us, that's sort of a style from the 90s that is stuck, mm-hmm. um, that's sort of cutesy. Uh, modern worship would be the phrase that we choose, and that's probably a little judgmental on our part, but modern worship to us would mean it is uh, worship music. Now we're talking about music mostly, but we're also talking about do are we using technology and digital arts, digital artistry that is of the moment? What is speaking to the zeitgeist of the culture and the the ear of the soul this moment and and that's how we pick our style of worship music as modern and we love that and and that was an important revolution frankly 70s 80s 90s in the american protestant church super important the, just by instead of speaking the musical language of the heart of 16th century europeans which is what traditional classical music is uh the church began this didn't start with us harrison although we were an early adopter of it in a really uh modern rock way we were very early adopter when we began um speaking again i I like to talk about the musical language of the soul and uh, and so we we've always said whatever the macro radio listenership is in our zip codes that's what our music should be and if it if it clicks over and 90% of people in Lake Norman are listening to country music, then that's what our format will change to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean that. So, um, But it, right now it's adult contemporary rock with an alternative flair. And we're actually trying to broaden out our genre uh, selection, however. And that's a, a little bit of another story. Ancient future means how would we include... Uh, and for us, reinterpret effective, important, 
liturgical elements of a Christian worship service that have proven effective for 2,000 years. Yeah, and I, I think <clears throat> there have been a couple moments that I've I've experienced, and I'm sure you have as well, Mike, and I think this would be re- relatable to some of the folks listening as to why it's important to be in the both and camp because there there's a there's a coolness right to go see a really awesome band let's say Coldplay say mm-hmm. you go see Coldplay mm-hmm. and they have okay I will. they have all yeah it's one of the best concerts I've been to I saw Coldplay a number of years ago they have all the lights all the sound they're all the all the creative cutting edge future things that you can possibly do at a concert they're doing it and it sounds good and it's awesome it's a ton of fun you have that. Uh, I, I've also been, I know you've seen many places like this, Mike, the one that pops to my brain. Uh, uh, a number of years ago, I, I had the opportunity to go to uh, Prague in the Czech Republic on a mission, uh, a mission worship leading thing. And we were able to visit uh, St. Peter's Basilica, giant cathedral. There's like this feeling of weight, importance, grandeur, of seeing something being like, man, people have been yeah. worshiping here yeah. in this in this style for thousands of years, and you walk in, there's like just this beauty to it that is completely different from a Coldplay concert, but it's 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 beautiful and moving yeah. in its own way, and there's like these these two things happening where. Uh, we love the the super futuristic modern stuff, but there's also just this richness to uh, sitting in some of these traditions that are kind of like a spiritual cathedral of going, man, this is this was yeah. built by Christ followers thousands of years ago, and we can yeah. still walk into these doors spiritually and look up and just admire and say, man, this was this is. This was built a long time ago, and there's power and truth in this. My That reminds me, my family was with me in Rome once upon a time, and we visited St. Peter's, the, the seat of Roman Catholicism. Uh, we did the Vatican and all that, but then we prioritized coming back for a Sunday morning Mass. Hmm. You could, I don't remember if you had to register or not. Yeah. Today you probably would. And we came in for the mess, knowing it would be in Italian or Latin, and we wouldn't understand much of it. But we wanted to worship there. And so looking around, first of all, I was uh, being there in a worship service was very different than I'd already toured it a couple of times. Very different, and I was looking around realizing that the art in this building from Michelangelo and others was the digital screen of today with digital art. If you guys notice... In the pandemic, we're, we've done. We want people worshiping at home to see the worship leaders, so we've done less of this. But but usually, we'll have digital film going along with a worship song that adds beauty in the room while we're to engage our whole body visually. That's what much of the ostentation and art and gold in St. Peter's is. And then I could tell that the sermon was. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up. I th- it felt to me like this priest was spirit-filled. I know just enough of Latin to have tracked a little bit. And then it came to the Lord's Prayer. And me and Angie and the boys sort of haltingly followed along because we knew it. 
And the power of that and our mm. sense of unity with these Christians who were there in these little pews from around the world in St. Peter's Basilica, the power of that was immense to me. And so when we say ancient future, Harrison, turn around. We have uh, what we've done in our worship planning. We've named what are some classic um, liturgical elements. Liturgy is what you call the elements of a Christian worship service. Mm -hmm. Um, And what are some classical elements that we think we want to... include in Lake Forest worship services. And what we'll do is typically one series at a time, we will choose one classic or traditional liturgical element that we're going to include every week in that series. And it may be just flat out the traditional way, or we may reinterpret it so it's almost unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. But Harrison, we've we've listed a bunch of them on our worship planning board. What Can you name some of them or all of them? Yeah, sure. I'll go through some, especially if you've been here with us for a while, you'll you'll recognize a good handful of these in some form or fashion. But we have a, a call to worship. Uh, we'll have a, a prayer for the world, a, pr- a prayer outside of uh, our needs or in within our walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, like so, uh, some of these classic uh prayers or confessions you guys will remember I, uh, one of our i don't remember how recent the series was in which we did the the apostles creed every week mm-hmm. and th- so this is our discipline for you guys to hear we'll say what's our what's our ancient liturgical element for this series and so for example in that series we did the apostles creed you'll remember that in another series we did the lord's prayer every every sunday mm-hmm. there's series where uh we will conclude uh, every service, uh, even after a benediction, by singing the doxology together. I like which, that when we do that. I know. That. It's, it's, yeah. Those are sweet moments. Um, one that we'll do that, that this one is a, I mean, this is a good example of how this is a stretch for us and that it's a little bit different. And when we do it, it can feel a little a little jarring, uh, is the idea of a, a communal confession, mm-hmm. a confession of mm-hmm. sin. And then that's, followed by an assurance of pardon uh, of saying, yes, these are the ways that we fall short, but also we don't have to stay in that space because we we have been uh, made new uh, in the image of Christ. So it's, yeah, I mean, that those are some examples of the kinds of things that we're talking about. I have a lot of uh, pastor friends in our, de- in our denomination, our Presbyterian denomination, who their conviction is that these elements, specific ones in the Presbyterian tradition, should be um, followed every week in the worship service in a similar progression that tells the story of the, the law, uh, the gospel, etc. Um, obviously, we don't share that conviction. Uh, sometimes I'll talk about it with those friends. We feel very free um, to... Uh, order our worship how we are led in the spirit weekly um, and as you guys know there's there's only so many um, ways to do it so it, it's not as though every Sunday you're like oh my gosh you know it's gonna be a million percent different yeah, so sure. th- there's there's that as well but yeah that's it, one reason Harrison I had two main reasons that I brought this phrase ancient future to Lake Forest Church and it became a conviction of mine and some of you think we don't do that enough. 
And other people are like, man, that's weird mm-hmm. when you do that. Because I, I left the traditional church because I was so bored with the same thing every week. And that's okay. Um, although most people kind of dig. Yeah, I mean, if you're like forced person, you kind of dig this. And I, I didn't realize how distinctive some of it was until a, a new ministry partner said to me, man, you like freaked me out the first time I was here. And you gave a, what did you call it? benediction (laughs) you know it didn't just end with the music and hey see you next week you give this formal thing and you raise your hand i I almost didn't realize that's an ancient element that's a traditional element that we do weekly as is your call to worship which is sometimes formal sometimes informal Mm -hmm. but there are two main reasons that i i felt led by god for us to be somewhat of an ancient future church um one is is cultural and missional and the other is discipleship-oriented. The cultural mission, missional reason is that um, uh, evangelicalism and evangelical worship that was purely contemporary of, of the generation before ours tended to mostly be either sort of very emotional, charismatic, mm-hmm. you know, happy-happy, I used to call it happy, slappy, clappy. Um, I should call it that still. Or it tended to be all proposition and head-oriented. We're, we're, this is just about knowledge. And so ancient future oriented, but in that fit culture, particularly the proposition knowledge orientation, uh, you know, we just sing some songs and then it's really only about the sermon, uh, the, the knowledge you're going to gain. Mm-hmm. Um which a little bit fit the the last decades of the Enlightenment period of world history, which is knowledge orientation, rationalism. Um, we've entered this post uh, post Enlightenment period, post modern, post Christian period, and people are more about mystery. People are more people access truth and believe truth in experiential ways. Not You can't just argue people into something. They have to experience it. Um, even it, it, that's called, um, it, it, it's called the experience economy in mar- by marketers. Hmm. Um, and so we wanted to, for our worship to be, we aspire for it to be something immersive, that you're experiencing the truth as well as learning it. Um, and that people might, yeah. So I think you get that. And so a word immersive would be a synonym for ancient future. And by using some of these ancient methods, it, it more immerses you in the larger story and not just this happy moment. And I think even a, even a step past that, you touched on something there, Mike, that's something that we, um, even as a staff team, I remember a couple of years ago, we, um, uh, Mike and uh, Mitch here do a really great job of, of during different seasons leading our Huntersville staff team and kind of thinking in new different creative ways. There'll be seasons where we'll kind of really drill in on a certain thought. And there mm-hmm. were a, a couple of years ago, um, we spent a lot of time thinking about particularly what it means for different uh, generations to experience truth. And it was, yes. it was really interesting because um, kind of the, the generation that would be uh, that would be 20s or so right now 
are way more experience driven. It's not just like an argument where I'm going to tell you these five facts and you're going to go, well, I have no choice but to accept that's the truth. Um, that that's, that's also mirrored studies that we've seen, uh, where, where younger people are actually starting to return back to super, super traditional and liturgical churches because they have a kind of a, a fundamental distrust for a church that's all showy and, yeah. and, and, and all the bells and whistles where there's something inside them that's going, I don't know if there's anything anchoring this because it feels kind of like we're just yeah. making stuff up as we go along. So that that's another reason for me that I, I have really uh, enjoyed our experiences as a worship team here at Lake Forest of figuring this stuff out because there there is such a when you're when you're doing something like the Lord's Prayer together or or even the Apostles Creed, um, there's like you can argue about the the truth about it all you want, but there is a, a really neat part of knowing that we're participating in something that is not just something we sat in here on a Tuesday and made up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's not just the the charismatic, cool, new preacher's words. Mm-hmm. The, the, these are tried and true from the entire Christian church of 2,000 years. That's well said, Harrison. The second, so the first reason is sort of getting to the the heart of culture and people who need to experience the truth as much as learn it. The second reason for me is discipleship oriented, uh, to be an ancient future church, which is, uh, I let me put it this way. I've long observed that um, people who, friends, acquaintances, or even people who join our church who grew up Roman Catholic, they seem to have a, pretty high percent of them who then quit worshiping. They may have gone to Catholic school. They were in mass all the time. They went through uh, their their Catholic education class. They went confirmation. And a lot of them don't regularly worship Roman Catholic. But almost none of those people also says, yeah, and I don't believe that anymore. They, they will go, yeah, but Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus, Son of God, check Hmm. Uh, you know i didn't really necessarily learn to live that personally but that belief is so rock solid something in the catholic church forms them whereas studies show and our experience confirms seems like a lot of protestant kids and we'll say bible teaching protestant churches like ours um those who drop out later as a young adult or whenever, there's a higher percent. This is only my, I've never seen anybody write about this in the comparison between Protestant and Catholic, but this is my observation. A higher percent of those who do sort of fall out of actively following their faith as a part of the church also say, yeah, and I'm, I don't, I question all that. I don't, I don't know about Jesus. Hmm. And, and there's something in how there's this traditional mode of forming the faith in Catholicism and in traditional churches that has power to it that I think is lost in a church like ours. And I'm continuing to be self-critical about that, even in how we do children's and youth ministry, Harrison. Hmm. Um, 
we just evaluated our curriculum in the foundations class that I don't know what it was at 35 or 50 fifth graders just went through. Uh, and next year we're going to be a little bit more tradition oriented in what they learned there, by the way, hmm. that's an example of applying this to discipleship. So I, and in, in, in the worship event by dropping in the apostles creed, the Lord's prayer, benediction, etc. scripture reading, by the way, that's another one of those elements. There's a lot of happy, slappy, clappy contemporary churches where, the scripture is only in the sermon, and that's true here too sometimes, but but we sometimes add it as a formal element where you stand up and all that. That's very intentional. That's ancient future. I don't know if we've thought about it this way, but just in this conversation, it's funny to me because there's uh, not really as we would normally think about it, but there there is a a pretty strong aspect to what we're even doing with this whole Bible in a year thing that... that uh, the, the act of emphasizing scripture and putting it at the center could feel much more like a, if you want to use the word traditional, more traditional-ish mm-hmm. kind of church than mm-hmm. we would be where it's, you know, we're going to sit down and this week it's John chapter yeah. eight. And next what, week it'll be John like chapter nine. Not, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. We're going, we're going to talk about every verse. Like, but, th- but there is a neat, whether nine 11 just happened or uh, yeah. anything else that verse has predecided. That's right. We're yeah. sticking right in the middle of it. There is kind of a, a neatness and a little bit of this ancient future to even how we're approaching yes. this deal of going through the Bible in a year, because we're saying we're going to, we're going to find ways to leverage technology like Bible journey, other things that we're doing to, but the, the, the idea of deeply understanding God's word is definitely not one that, that feels like it has a lot of flash and sizzle to it. It's just like foundational, uh, just, just meat stuff. So let's get to why we're talking about this today and we'll end here. The reason that Harrison and I thought to address the subject today, number one, Harrison, it, it is unwritten. <laughs> it's just a part of our culture, about a part of our ethos, uh, a part of our practice. Um, but we are approaching the time when it, that is most evident at Lake Forest. And when people who are new to Lake Forest are like, what? Uh, I thought you were this kind of church. And that is Holy Week. Mm-hmm. We practice the observance of not only Lent, which we have not emphasized much this year. We felt that that might be too confusing with emphasizing the Bible in a year, Bible journey. And so we made that decision for clarity's sake. People have can only stand so many messages at once. But Holy Week is coming around, and that's the week of Easter. And the traditional church, the, the, the church of the ages has had a number of practices that have accumulated that have that I used to judge as works-based righteousness. Oh, you have to go do that the week before Easter so that Jesus will be happy with you on Easter. Mm-hmm. And it's not that at all. It is These are practices that as somebody who loves Jesus and rejoices in the resurrection, I want my spirit to be as well prepared as possible for Easter worship. I want to get everything out of it possible of meditating on this before, during, and after. And so that's how I think of Holy Week practices. And uh, it, it, it includes a specific type of prayer, perhaps through the whole week, and then um, 
uh, Orthodox and Catholic denominations have have a different service or practice every day of that week. Mm-hmm. We we follow a little bit more of what traditional Protestant, which is choosing. Some Protestant churches do all of this, and some do one each year. Monday Thursday service that reflects the Last Supper, a Good Friday service that is a meditation on Jesus dying on the cross, uh, an Easter Saturday vigil service which is at sunset on Easter Saturday, uh, and then of course Sunday morning Easter. We typically choose either a Monday, Thursday, or a Good Friday, usually Good Friday. Um, here's what we're doing this year. Uh, uh, we're going to offer these Stations of the Cross to be prayed through the second half of Easter week, Wednesday through Friday. We're going to be installing original art from a ministry partner on the uh, Stations of the Cross that have been defined by the church. This is not... Mm-hmm. Just say it, the stations of the cross are not in the Bible, but Jesus on his way to the cross is described in the Bible. And so the, the, the church developed in its first several hundred years, and this codified probably around the years four to 600 A.D., when the church was just one church, the, the universal Christian church. Um, Twelve to 14 stations, so to speak, like Jesus picks up the cross. That's the beginning of it. And, and so we'll have a, an original artwork, the Bible verse of that part of his journey to the cross, and then maybe a prayer to pray or a reflection to focus on. And you spend a little time there, and then you move to the next station and the next. We're going to have those installed around the walls of the worship center as we've done. It's been a few years since we've done it. And then we'll have the last several stations will guide you out into our new prayer garden, which is about to spring up. Mm-hmm. This will be the second spring only of our prayer garden. It's going to really start filling out and be beautiful. Yeah. So the the prayer experience will end there. So that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You'll be able to come anytime during certain hours and pray the Station of the Cross to meditate with on and identify with Jesus on his way to the cross. On Good Friday, instead of a Good Friday service this year, Harrison, on Good Friday you'll be able to do that and then as you finish in the prayer garden, um, there will be a place where uh, a pastor and or an elder of Lake Forest will be available to serve you communion. Um, and I, th- I think we'll make that available if you have already prayed the Stations of the Cross and all you want to do is come for a moment of communion and a word of blessing over you on Good Friday. I think we'll make it available that way. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we'll also do our typical, which is invite whoever wants to from sundown Good Friday to sun up on Easter to do an Easter fast, which is a which is another way, uh, just like the Stations of the Cross. That Easter fast historically is just another way uh, to join in kind of the in in that depth of reflection of making it a a, a full body engaging experience of joining in with the with the suffering of Christ uh those those representing the time between his death and his resurrection that's what that symbolizes yes god deprived himself so that we might have life and so we identify with him in that so that we might even greater identify with new life in his resurrection 
Friends, it's great to be with you today. We will see you next time on the Ask LFC podcast. Great to be with you guys. We'll catch you next time. See you soon.